Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by my college diploma and an antsy parent. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. Most of my students are far too young to remember Arnold Schwarzenegger being governor, but I think one of the best things about him being governor is the fact that my college diploma has his signature on it, which is fantastic because again, I went to a UC school, he was governor of California at the time, and he signed it. So the governator, you know, christened my my graduation. I appreciate that about him. And I I was really too young and disinterested to know much about Schwarzenegger, but obviously there are some people that uh, appreciated him and some people who didn't appreciate him. Not a surprise here. Interestingly, I was actually studying rhetoric at the time, and we would watch or at least discuss the political debates and what was going on in some of my classes. And it was amazing to talk about this stuff because, again, in the rhetoric department, you have people that are intensely invested in language, intensely invested in in persuasion and understanding who somebody is and where they're coming from and, and what the implications of everything they say may be. But at one point, uh, the campaign manager was asked, okay, well, why won't Arnold show up to uh, debates where they haven't published the questions beforehand? You know, don't, don't the people of California deserve to kind of know who, who he is, you know, on the fly making decisions instead of just, you know, these very prepared responses? And his campaign manager said something to the effect of, well, people already know him well enough from his films. I remember one of my professors saying, do people really think he's the Terminator? Is this really what's going on? It was hilarious. But the point is, Meg Whitman later on, I think it was in 2008, and again, I wasn't really paying attention to this, but I was watching a little TV. Meg Whitman was a Republican woman running for governor of California, and they ran these ads, they as in, I think it was the Democratic Party, against Meg Whitman, she was Republican, ran these ads with blips, splices of Schwarzenegger's speech and Meg Whitman's speech cut together. And what they were doing is they both said the same thing in some part of their campaign speeches, doing the same thing over and over is the definition of insanity. All right, so the idea is, hey, the, the, the Republicans, Schwarzenegger and Whitman, were both saying, hey, we've been doing the same thing over and over and over here in California with these Democrats. Nothing's happening. If we keep doing the same thing, it's insanity. And, of course, the Democrats were presenting that, the, that small clip as, hey, we're going to be doing the same thing, voting for Meg Whitman, as we did when we voted for Schwarzenegger. And, of course, they didn't like it. And they were saying, look, that's a bad thing. And it was a funny thing to watch, but it really definitely made me think, like, okay, who, who could I imagine doing something over and over, like a crazy person, definition of insanity? I don't know many crazy people, but I got where they're coming from, where it's kind of like, look, it is, it is kind of the definition of insanity if you do the same thing over and over and over and expect a different result. And I remember doing something, stuff like that as a kid, just kind of wishful thinking, you know, that I would be building something and for some reason duct tape would act 
differently now than it had in the past. It's like, okay, well, you knew that was coming. Or study habits, right? Doing the same thing, not preparing for a test and just hoping and praying for a different result. It's like, okay, well, that's pretty ridiculous. And so I appreciated where the concept came from. But if you think about it at all, that concept in itself is absolutely insane. <laughs> not, not that it's right, that doing the same thing over and over is insane, but the idea that we would tell people that is absolutely insane. And I'll, I'll give you an example. A client of mine recently uh, said, hey, my daughter did okay on this test. Uh, she was taking the SAT, did okay on this test, but I wanted her to take the SAT, or excuse me, the ACT. So she had taken the SAT. He wanted her to take the other test, the ACT. And I said, okay, look, that's fine. We can do that. Um, why? He said, well, she already took the SAT. And I said, yeah, I know. We have the scores back. That's what we're discussing. But why have her switch? And he said, well, she's already done it. I said, I know. But why switch her? And I got very specific. Is there something in her score that you think would be different on the ACT? Is there, is there some aspect of this test that you think would be easier for her? than the SAT. What, what is it about switching that you think is a good idea? The only thing he had to say over and over was she had already taken the SAT. And I realized that in this guy's mind, he was thinking, okay, look, if we do the same thing again, we're just going to get the exact same result. And that's crazy. But how could anyone actually function like this on a daily basis? It would be impossible to function like this. You try something once and it's over. For instance, raising children, impossible to do this, right? Impossible. You have to try a certain type of, of reprimand or a certain type of positive affirmation hundreds and hundreds of times before it might stick. Okay, you can't just try something once and abandon it. In, in education, I, I work with students all the time. I have to explain things over and over and over. One big running joke recently is uh, people ask, okay, what about this problem? And it's a problem that has two, two equations and they say they have no solution. And I just, I don't even, I don't even look at the page. I just say out loud to no one in particular, what does it mean when two equations have no solution? And everybody says, it means they're parallel. And I say, and what does it mean if they're parallel? It means that they have the same slope. And Everybody kind of laughs about it now, but it's such a common question. It's common enough that everyone in class knows to say this. That doesn't mean that the person in this moment asking me the question is dumb or didn't get it. This person may have likely even had that answer the last time somebody asked. Right? The last time this concept came up, perhaps they remembered it then. For whatever reason, right now, they don't remember it. And so do I abandon teaching them this method again? Do I abandon the explanation? No, it's the explanation. That's what it is. And the problem, again, with this type of thinking is it gets people moving so quickly from one solution to another. It gets people moving so quickly from one process to another process that they don't give that process a chance. I worked with one student recently, his name was Will, and 
Will, for whatever reason, didn't understand systems of equations. And I would explain it to him, and he'd say, okay, got it. I'd make him a custom problem set. He'd say, okay, got it. I'd make him custom homework sets. He'd say, okay, got it. And then the next time a problem popped up, he wouldn't get it. He'd just be like, I don't, I don't understand. And I had to keep helping him. I had to keep explaining this. And I wasn't upset that I had to. I was just kind of scratching my head like, why, why isn't this working? And eventually he got it. Eventually he was like, oh, I got it now. I got it. Fine. Great. But part of what it comes down to, part of the reason I always continue explaining is because it's impossible to do the same thing twice. And that's at the core of this idea. It's impossible to have the same SAT test. It's impossible to have the same um, math problem, the exact same one from test to test. It's impossible to be in the same situation from day to day. Will might have been tired one day. Will might have been rested another day. Will might have been hungry one day. He might have been full another day. I have no idea. But the situation we find ourselves in every single day is different. And because of this, it is absolutely impossible to do the same thing over and over, even hitting a nail with a hammer. You're just swinging it, and maybe the nail's not moving, and you're swinging this hammer over and over. Somebody observing you hitting the hammer, or excuse me, hitting the nail with a hammer, might say, hey, I don't think it's going in. But you don't know what's going on with the nail. Each swing of the hammer is not the same. I might hit it at a slightly different angle. I might hit it slightly harder. It might be moving a tiny, tiny bit that I can't see. And it might eventually break through whatever, whatever dense material it's going through and go down. But if we get in this idea that we have to have immediate gratification, we have to have immediate results, we have to get exactly what we want or we're going to change instantly because we can't do the same thing. I can't take the same test. I can't try the same math problem. I can't give the same explanation. That's ridiculous. That's insanity. You have to be patient with things. You have to understand no two events are the same. And something that didn't work yesterday may actually work today. You don't know. Because you don't know the factors that went into making it not work. And that's the biggest thing. You don't know why things aren't working always. Sometimes you do, but not always. So before you abandon a strategy or a path to success in your life, whatever it is, big or small, before you throw it away and try to retool and completely change, you better take a step back and think about, okay, what's going on with this? What's actually making this not work? Why do I think changing would give me any better chances of success? Because if you don't know the answer to those questions, you may never actually be giving yourself a chance to be successful. And on that note, thanks for listening. Go out and crush it.